Rod. Robin. Is that you, my old my old press oh. junkie buddy? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really good. I watched this movie exactly as you told me to, and I actually cried at the end. So there you go. Good. Well, that's that's the proper effect, I would think. Oh man. Beautiful film. You had. I have to tell people, you had three of three of uh, rock and roll acting royalty kids in this. Scotty Wood, Milo Gibson, and James Jagger. Yes, and you missed a couple. Wait, who else? Well, uh, Alan Alda's grandson plays Scusa, and and Richard Attenborough's grandson plays Faulkner. At the beginning of the film, it was, uh, you know, caught smoking dope. So we, we had five, five. That's what we should do with a poster. It just says, you know, Eastwood, Gibson, <laughs> Jagger, Attenborough, all the, you know. I, I don't think that was intentional. No, it wasn't. It was completely unintentional. Every one of those was unintentional. Nobody was picked because of their dad. Although, um, I met Scott, uh, Coffee, all, all the coffee, uh, because I had worked with his grandpa on a couple of films, Alan. And Alan asked me to meet with him, and then I found out that he's a, he's a dog sitter, and so he became my dog sitter. And then I realized what a good actor he was, and we cast him in the role. He's, he's, he perfectly portrays that guy, Scusa. Oh, I love it. I, so what was the set like? I mean, it seems like everybody absolutely adored each other on this set, that all the guys just, you know, not well, because they were at war, but also I feel like there was great chemistry. Well, Robin, they, um, I put them all through basic training together. And, you know, having done that myself or versions of basic training, I can tell you that there is nothing that builds camaraderie more than suffering together and <laughs> overcoming together, you know. And uh, almost all of them stayed in the same hotel. They had the same, you know, they drove in the same van. They spent all their time together. And, um, you know, a lot of them caught hell from the... Uh, you know, from the uh, military trainers, um, they they propped each other up. You know, they became very very close friends, and so yeah. So you know, uh, we created our own unit there, and the end result is, is what you see. It, it looks like a cohesive unit where the, the guys love each other and hate each other at the same time. So during boot camp, who fared the worst and who was the best? Well. I, I don't want to say who fared the worst because that would just be humiliating to those people. But more than a few people came up to me in tears. I mean, these are actors. They went to schools like, you know, Juilliard and Carnegie Mellon. They didn't go to West Point. You know, they didn't go to Annapolis. You know, they, and, uh, but uh, I think that the people that fared the best were the people that actually had served in the military. I, I hired several veterans. But I will also say that Caleb Landry Jones, who plays the Medal of Honor recipient uh, Carter, um, he really took to this. I mean, he took it very, very seriously, which he needed to because when I first met Caleb, met Caleb, who I'd seen in the movie Get Out, and he was in Three Billboards, um, um, he uh, wasn't exactly 
like military material <laughs> when, I, when I met him. He had hair down to his ass. He was um, skinny like olive oil. Um, you know, I sort of think he, he was one of the few guys that uh, had a nice celebration the day marijuana was legalized. And and uh, so uh, for him to, uh, you know, to become sort of the stud of the of the of the unit was pretty extraordinary. So take me through, like, the paces, no pun intended, like what was, like, a typical day like for these guys when they were training? Well, you know, they, you know, they, they woke up in their hotel in, uh, in Sofia, Bulgaria. They were taken in a van um, to our location where we were going to shoot. It was, you know, deep into the country. And uh, then, you know, they would be... Uh, you know, equipped with their weapons, equipped with their blanks, and um, and our military trainers, a guy named uh, Jericho Denman and Ray Mendoza, put them through the paces like they were going through uh, basic, and it was exhausting. It was like it was eight hours constantly on the move, constantly you know being harassed, and um, and it, it is true, Robin, that uh, you know one of the, one of them sat down with me, and, and uh, it was so sad because one tear was coming out of his left eye, he was trying to prevent it from coming out, and he said, I don't know that I can do this. And I said to him, look, I don't want you to become a soldier. I want you to know, I want you, I want you to know what a soldier feels like, especially at the beginning of his, of his career when he doesn't know what he's doing. What you're experiencing is what these guys experienced. And so um, it was, um, you know, it, it was very touching, actually. But I also told them, look, you know, you finish this and it'd be the proudest thing you've ever done. And, they, and it was. I love it. I love it. There's, there's a line I have to ask you. Um, Orlando Bloom says mm-hmm. that he checks in every single day, I think, with his mother and his fiance. Was that, did he right. add that in there? <laughs> Is that just oh, ironic? Oh, no, no, he, he, no, he, 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 he did not. Uh, that was in the script. And that was true. That was absolutely true. True to the character, but I did notice that Orlando was checking in with his fiance every day, and uh, and uh, so so maybe he was adding real life to uh, to what this character was going through. Oh, that's great. Speaking of dogs, broke my heart. Yes. This dog was that your dog? No, it was not my dog. In fact, my dog is literally right next to me, and uh, he and my dog has fared much better than the dogs in Afghanistan fared. Dogs in Afghanistan do not fare well. You know, you could not. You know, it's it's not the uh, dogs are more respected in the United States of America than they are than they are in, in Afghanistan, and um, and. Um, in fact, the, the guy who adopts the dog in, in our movie, that's the guy, uh, that is Alan Alda's uh, grandson, Scott. Oh, did he, were you able to, like, keep this dog, or is he a movie dog? He's not a movie dog. They don't have movie dogs in Bulgaria. <laughs> They're some regular dogs, and we have to find a way to train them, like, on the spot, which is very, very difficult. But uh, that was that was a great dog. It was great. He had, uh, had great eyes, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of it. It, it. it is tough working with animals, Robin. It is it is true. They don't listen as well as they listen better than some movie stars. But uh, 
They don't listen better than most humans. Won't tell anybody what happens to the dog because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, okay, but you can't stay now. Now you're scaring people from seeing the movie because people <laughs> care much more about dogs than they do about about human beings. The dog is central to the movie, and it's a great performance by a dog. And it's going to win best best dog performance. Uh, there was a dog Oscar. There you go, best canine. Yeah. What was it like shooting in Bulgaria? Like, where did where did you stay? Um, like. That seems to me to be such a foreign place. Yeah. Well, Millennium, which is a studio that made this film, they are based in, in Bulgaria. So mm. um, we scouted Morocco first, which was, you know, a fantastic experience. And I've shot there before. But in the end, we wanted to be in a place where we were close to all our equipment, all the cameras and so on. Plus, it was easier to get weapons, fake and otherwise, into uh, into Bulgaria than it was to get it into into um, into Morocco. Oh, I wonder crews, why that is. Well, the, the crews in Morocco are fantastic, by the way. They're also very good in Morocco, but they were just so brilliant there. And uh, it's one of the best, if not the best, crews that I have worked with in the past two decades of making movies and television shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just loved um, working with these guys, and they're so into it. They're, like, deeply, deeply into the making of movies. And this was an unusual movie for them to make because most of the movies they make are these fantastic popcorn escapades like the Expendables or the Rambo films or the Has Fallen movies. And now they're making, you know, a um, a pretty gritty war film, you know, that's, you know, where realism is the um, is the way of the day. And so it presented them with a new challenge, and they, I think they really stepped up. Oh, they yeah. Were. Um, talk about some of those shooting challenges, especially in those huge battle scenes. Well, the, the biggest uh, thing that, that we did was that we shot almost every sequence of the battle sequence in one continuous shot. The problem is that you really need to get everything right, because I can't do those, uh, those scenes too many times. Um, I can't do the shots too many times. I can, you know, usually you have like, I've heard Michael Bay have up to 15 cameras, you know, in an action sequence. And you only have to do the shot once. Right. Um, but, you know, but, you know, we can't have, we had two cameras. And in the case of shooting these scenes, we had one camera. So everything has to go smoothly. The exposure has to happen at the right time. The actor has to behave with proper military professionalism. Um, if there are any lines, they have to be perfect. The stunt people have to be perfect. And so... That presented a you know a real challenge, but we were really well rehearsed, and uh, as and as you can see, we managed to pull it off pretty well. So you pulled that off in one fell swoop with no hitch at all. Well, if you know, the, once in a while we'd have a hitch and we'd have to restart. But like what happened? We, Tell me the hitch. I'm dying to know. Well, <laughs> one one hitch was we invited a photojournalist to set and. And, I, and, the sh- and we had this one run that one of the characters makes, like a two-minute sequence, and he's running and running and gunning, and the explosions are perfect, and the and the extras are like falling expertly, and you know, and my military guys are saying, "Yeah, he finally got it right." And then, whoosh, he runs right past a photojournalist that's photographing on the set, and uh, we had to, oh God, we had to cut and start all over again, and we reamed his ass, and then um, you know, and then we had to start again. You know, so you know that that's one. I mean, that that is one of uh, example of things going uh, 
it may not go perfectly, you know. But generally speaking, the uh, the people who did their drops did did them right. So he got he got good behind the scenes photos, even if even though he, oh, he ruined got it. Really behind the scenes photos. I I hope that he wins the Pulitzer for them. You know, he better because he screwed up our shot. <laughs> What about consultants on the set? Uh, did, mm-hmm. did you have those? I'm sure you did. Well, we, we had great military consultants on the set. A guy named Jericho Denman and, uh, and Raymond Dozer. They were our principal consultants. But we also had people that were in the battle there, including the Medal of Honor recipient, Ty Carter, who took us exactly through the paces of what he went through. Plus a guy named Daniel Rodriguez, who was the hero of the mortar pit, on that date, the Battle of Kandesh, um, October 3rd, 2009, he played himself. And so, you know, so I would say that the battle itself um, is as accurate as we could possibly get it. And, um, and uh, you, know, we're, you know, we're really grateful for that. We'd be nowhere without these consultants. Did you, did you screen the film for survivors of, of these guys? We did. We filmed it for survivors of the battle. We, filmed, we screened it for the families of the men who fell. <gasps> and for Jake Tapper, who wrote the book, and I was a, we did it in Washington, D.C. last October. It was a very, very emotional time. And uh, we were scared to death that we had screwed it up somehow and that they'd be upset. But that was not the case. They were... They were extremely moved by the movie and um, and grateful in a way. Why and, uh, Why did you think you screwed it up? Well, we do, you know you don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you're filming the the, the deaths of their family members, and um, you know, like they could have been upset that I had their their husbands uh, cursing, you know, or um, or that that's he would never have done this. He knew he would never have done that, and but that none of that happened. You know, they all they all really rallied around the movie, and they're still rallying around the film, and for that I'm very, very grateful about. So you didn't actually talk to the families first then? Oh, we did. Oh, you did? Oh, no, of course. Oh, okay. No, so, course. so no, no, I, yeah. I, got to know them. I got to know them extremely well. But it doesn't mean, but they weren't on set with us, so, you know, they weren't seeing the filming. So we don't know, you know, you know, like... They, there's not a lot of footage on these guys, so they're not going to replicate them. The actors are not going to replicate them perfectly. We have to go by some sort of instinct more than more than anything else. And in the end, um, they felt that they had um, the, the the families felt that we had gotten the essence of their loved ones uh, really well. On that day, there were a lot of tears, but there were also a lot of hugs, mm. and um, and that felt. Very good. And, and you know what, Robin, they say that you know, a person dies twice, once when they leave this earth and the second when the last person ever speaks their name. And so these families, I think they realize now that people will be speaking the names of the of their fallen long after we're gone from this earth, mm. which I must give them some comfort. Mm. And, and, of course, you dedicated the film at the end to your son, Hunter. My son died while I was making the film, and um, yeah, it was, he was my guiding spirit on the film. I almost didn't want to make the movie, and my daughter told me, no, 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 you're going to film, you're going to finish this damn movie, and because Hunter would be crushed if you didn't because of him. And so his photo was up there the whole time, Robin, mm. and, um, and uh, nobody was going to let him down. And nobody's going to let the families of the fallen down. 
making this movie. Yeah, yeah. So was was he a production assistant on the set? Like, did he help you? Oh, my son, no. My, my son is an assistant editor. He's working in Los Angeles. So I was in Bulgaria when I heard that he was in the hospital. And I got there just in time oh. to say goodbye to him. Oh, yeah, that's I, great. I saw, him, yeah, I saw him die in front of my eyes. And, but I'll tell you, it gives you clarity. It makes you understand that he was the same age as these men. And, you know, you understand what the families went through. And I asked myself if I was making a film that at some point would show the, uh, the passing of my son, how would I want to see it? And that's what you'll see when you come on screen. The movie is, look, the movie is, it's exciting and it's very tense and it's very real. But I think it, in the end it's also very moving and for exactly that reason. You don't, movies are tragic not because somebody dies, but because of the lost potential and lost future that their deaths brought. And I think that that's what we get across in the film. Absolutely. And I would love you to do another one soon. I don't know what the world holds for us, but do you? I would too, Robert. <laughs> I truly would. Do you have something that you would love to get out there that you're working on? Well, we've got, uh, I've, I've made a couple of deals and um, on a couple, of, one a big television project, the other a uh, you know, major studio film. But, you know, they, they have to come together now and... Um, you know, God knows when that'll when that'll be. So I patiently wait. I continue to write the scripts, and um, let's see where this takes us. Well, I'm rooting for you, Rod. Thank you, Robin. You're the best. So are you. All right. I really appreciate. It. Cheers. And Cheers good to, luck you. to you. Take good care. Bye bye. Okay. Cheers. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. To you. To you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.